0: Uh, follow along. I think every family ought to have this on their shelf. That's my personal opinion. This is a fantastic book, The Peacemaker, uh, written by Ken Sandy. Uh, it's a tremendous, tremendous help, and I think that you'll understand why even after we just do one week of this. So I don't know how far we'll get. I gave you a front and a back, right? Did I give you? Is there a front and a back? Yeah. We're not going to get through all that. I'm going to just put it on there to see how far we go. Okay. So don't worry if we only get through a little bit. We will just re, re you know, redo the. Um, Hand out for next week and go, go from there. All right, when we talk about conflict, when we talk about conflict, um, there are a lot of different ways people think about conflict and problems that exist interpersonally, like relationship problems. Um, every time you, I mean, how many of you have ever helped somebody uh, with a conflict before? Have you ever talked to somebody about a conflict? Put it that way. Maybe you're like, I wasn't much of a help, but I talked to them about it. Okay. When, when people have problems, Often what happens is not, and if you've been in my office, you probably, and we've sat down and talked, we may, you may have seen this drawing before. Um, problems uh, will often exist between two people, and it is a, um, it, it's, it, it obstructs their relationship. It creates a problem, and this this box that represents the problem creates an issue between these two people, and what often happens Uh, Or you tell me what often happens. What happens when there's a problem between two people? What normally do people do? Uh, How how do people have a conversation? When people talk about the problem, how do they talk about it? Okay, you, you, okay. Whose fault is it? It's the other person's fault, right? So you say, it's your fault we have the problem. And what does this person say? No, 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 it's your fault we have the problem. And what never gets dealt with? The The problem. Okay, This is a big problem. This happens a lot. This isn't the only way people deal with problems. Some people say, I don't want to deal with the problem. Right? So people have different ways of dealing with problems. And, and this is, this is a, a big issue, is that we don't deal with our problems. We are dealing deal with them the right way. There are three ways that people tend to look at conflict. I, I gave you a definition of conflict at the top there. It's a difference in opinion or purpose that frustrates someone's goals or desires. I think that's a good way of saying it. You know, there is a difference between two people that frustrates one of the goals of the people, or maybe the goals of both people, or their desires. You want something, you're not getting it, or you don't want something, and you are getting it. That's another way I like to say it, all right? So, what, how do people look at conflict? What are some ways people look at conflict? In the book, uh, he gives an example of coming to a river and there is a need to cross the river as, as a river as a, as a way of conflict. And there, is, there are three ways that people can think about conflict, and I think this, this works well. The first is as a hazard that threatens me. Okay? As a hazard that threatens me. Some people, when they have conflict... They run away. They don't like to deal with conflict. They think of conflict as a hazard. It is a danger zone. So you come to the river. There's the river. You're like, look, we, we just we can't, try, we can't do anything about this. We've, we've got to back up. We've got to find a bridge somewhere. Like, we, we, we can't get close to this river. It's too dangerous. Okay? And, and you've you got to get on the other side, but you, this is not where we're going to cross. It's too dangerous. It's too fast. You, you, you visualize all the ways in which trying to cross the river is going to end in somebody going to the hospital. Right? And Think about this, that's a metaphor, but think about how this works with our personal lives. Like, there is a conflict, and you immediately think of it as a hazard. Oh, no, I don't want my bubble to be broken. I don't want my, um, my comfort zone to be threatened. I don't want anything to be hurt. I, want, I, I feel threatened. Some people also consider, um, consider problems like an obstacle. An obstacle to be, be crossed or conquered... Uh, no matter the consequences. So, if we go back to our illustration he uses in the book of people coming to a river, and there's the river, and the first guy is like, oh, no, I don't want to deal with this. The other guy says, we just got to forge ahead, and he jumps into the river and tries to wade across, and all it doesn't matter what happens, he's going to cross that river. And some people are like this, and I, I've talked to couples like this, and, and a lot of times, those two sides are married to each other right one person is like i don't want to deal with this the other one's like we're going to deal with it now <laughs> right that is often how, how it works it's not always how it works but some people see it as a hazard some as an obstacle to be overcome no matter or conquer quickly no matter the consequences um the third way that is the correct way we should see this not as a hazard not as an obstacle but as an opportunity we should see we should see problems and conflict specifically as an opportunity. And so in the illustration of the story, they think of together, they find a big log, they work, they get the log, and they work teamwork together to put the log across the river, and they cross on the log to get from one side to the other. They conquer the obstacle with teamwork versus seeing it as an obstacle or as a hazard. So that's some ways people look at conflict. Which way do you tend to look at conflict? Think about it. Do you see it as a hazard, as an obstacle, or as an opportunity? The, the way he describes different ways that people deal with conflict, he calls a slippery slope of conflict. Some of you have seen this picture, so I'm going to draw it out the best I can. You might want to find a little spot and draw this out because um, this is very helpful. It's kind of like a, um, a, a scale, if you will, of, of responses to conflict. So what I'm going to do is start on the right side of this scale. There's a, there's a right side, there's a left side, and there's a middle. And on this side, he's going to call these the attack responses. So of, of this, this would be like the obstacle to be overcome, okay? And of the attack responses, there tends to be a focus on the you, and that's one of your blanks there. It tends to be a focus on you. So what I mean by that is it's not focusing on me. I'm focusing on the other person. This is a lot with what we see with my little diagram here. When they're attacking each other, they are focusing on the other person as the reason for why the problem exists. So it tends to be a focus on the you. And this is for people. If you, the people who attack... Tends to be uh, more interested. Um, one second here, tends to be more interested in in winning than in perver- than in preserving relationships. So you see, you're more you're more interested in winning. Um, so let's just put it here: winning. You want to win. You don't really care about preserving the relationships. You want to be right. Um, this is this is a very a very common response. You see the conflict as a contest, OK? You see the conflict as a contest. I know that's small writing, but I'm, try- I'm going to have to work around the outside in just a second, OK? And we see conflict as an opportunity to assert myself, to take control, to take advantage. Um, Whenever there's a conflict, you, you often see one of the parties has an attack response, wants to assert themselves and control the situation and um, push forward. Okay. Now, what, what does attack responses look like? I, I list them for you here, and we're going to start on, the, uh, on the, the, the top part here. And the first one is assault. Um, uh, to assault someone... It can be verbal assault, it can be physical violence, it can be anything where you're directly attacking somebody, and this is an attack response. When there's conflict, people might engage in assault. Uh, this always makes things worse. It, it never solves the issue. So there's one of your blanks there. It makes things worse. Okay, the, the second, if you move away from assault, down the slope, you get to litigation, And litigation is, is like assault, it's just more sophisticated, in that you're not yourself attacking the person, you're using the force of the law to bend to your will. So you're taking them to court, you're suing them, you're taking them to small claims court, whatever, to the HOA group, or <laughs> whatever it is, whatever court is set up. You are threatening them, and you're litigating against them in order to bend their will. You, that, is, that is an attack response. You making sense so far? Okay. The last and the most severe attack response is murder. Okay. And this, this murder, murder is so desperate to win that you're willing to give, on, uh, give in to violence. You're desperate to win, so you resort to violence. And you notice that it gets worse and worse as it goes down the slope. Okay. These are attack responses. Uh, in the book, he makes the point that people, sometimes people start with an attack response, so when they are, when they come to a conflict, they immediately go into an attack. I met people like that, like it doesn't take much, and boom, they're, they're like directly attacking you. And I'm like, whoa, that's kind of strong. But sometimes this happens after they've tried other things and it's not working. And then they just resort to attack as a, as a, as a last ditch effort. Like they're, they're tired of trying to negotiate. They're tired of running away and they turn around, they're cornered and they attack. Okay. So um, that, that can happen. Okay. Any, any, does that make sense? Any questions, any comments so far? You see, right we're, now we're just describing responses in conflict. Okay, you ready to move on to um, escape responses? Escape is our second category here. If, the, if this attack response, uh, we're going to do escape response over here. If the attack response is focused on you, what is the escape response focused on? It's on me, right? I'm going to solve this problem by getting out, by running away, by not dealing with it, by not talking about it, et cetera. So there are several things we see. There are three main things we see in escape responses. The first one on on the other side of this is denial. Pretend like nothing's wrong, okay? Denial means temporary relief. Let me finish my blanks here. I'm sorry I didn't finish all this The escape response focuses on me, and it's for those who would rather avoid conflict than resolve it. So it's about avoiding rather than resolving the conflict, okay? Whereas the other one was about winning, okay, winning at all costs. This is about avoiding, avoiding conflict. Would rather everybody, nobody get upset. Everybody's got somebody like that in the family. Just don't want anybody to get upset. We're not going to talk about something. You know, we're not going to do this. We're not going to deal with it. We'd rather deny it. Um, it's temporary and it's relief, but it only in the end makes things worse. Um, the second is flight. So we go from denial to flight, which is running away, uh, running away from problems. It prospo- postpones the proper solution, is just postponing. That's one of your blanks there to postpone. And the most extreme version of escape response reflects the most extreme version of an attack response. Where if their attack response, the problem is you, and the most extreme version is murder. An escape response, the problem is me, and the most extreme response is... Suicide. Okay, is the ultimate way of people trying to escape. Final way of escaping. Trying to get out. Um, so, attack and escape, and and there's got to be one more in the middle, which is what he calls peacemaking. Peacemaking. So, um, this is the attack response. Uh, the escape responses and the peacemaking responses uh, are here in the middle, and we're going to start with all the way on the left and work our way over to the right. The first one he, he uses is a close cousin to denial, and that is to overlook an offense. Now, the Bible says we can do this, right? Can you, can you tell me where it says that? As much as possible, live at peace with all men. Okay, there's another verse I'm thinking of. Yeah, love covers a multitude of sins. Okay, covers a multitude of sins. It's not denial. You're not denying it. You're covering it. There's a difference. And we'll, we'll get into, we'll spend a lot of time on each one of these at a later date. I'm giving you an overview here at the start. Okay. Um, as we move towards uh, this, we have Reconciliation. So reconciliation is not overlooking. You're you're dealing with it, but, and you're reconciling uh, one with another. When uh, then then there's negotiation. I'm going to run out of space. I'm sorry. Negotiation, uh, mediation, arbitration. And accountability. Okay, all of these, and I, I did a terrible job in my spatial, uh, <laughs> you know, design here, forgive me. It's a good thing they don't des- I didn't design the book. So there's a picture of this in the book, if you want to look at it, but it's much better than mine. Um, but accountability is close to assault. It's holding someone accountable for what they've done it's, 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 a mere, it's, it's close, but it's, it's a biblical version of this. These are all biblical ways of dealing with conflict, and they're on this spectrum, and they, they deal from one to the other. It takes wisdom to know how to deal with these and wisdom to know when and how to handle uh, these issues. But these are all peacemaking responses. In each one of these, you are actually ending up and making peace, because when this is focused on you and that's focused on me, what are peacemaking uh, things focused on? Sort of. There it is. Us. Okay? It focuses on both of you. Because the issue, there is, there, I, I, almost always, now it normally, some, I'll, I'll, granted, sometimes it, it just takes one person to blow up a, a relationship. Yes, it just takes one person to do that. But, but most of the time when there's a problem to be solved, both of you have something you need to work on. Both of you have done something to contribute to it. And most of the time, we don't want to admit our part in that. We want to just have the other person change. And if you're honest with yourself, you know that's true, right? Mostly. It's much more comfortable for me not to change. Change is hard. Change is really hard. To have to change how you do something is not easy. It takes time, it takes effort, it takes energy. It's much easier if everybody else changes and I can stay the same. Um, at least that's how I think. Maybe I'm the only one here who's carnal like that. But that's, that's um, uh, very typical kind of thinking. So, uh, so far we've seen the focus, the focus shift, the focus from me to you to us, and we have all of these things to work through. Any questions so far? Do, do you understand the basic premise here, the basic idea behind this slippery slope? And it can easily go one way or the other, and this is a spectrum of how people deal with problems. Okay. turn the page. All right. Making good progress here. As I mentioned earlier, conflict defined is a difference in opinion or purpose that frustrates someone's goals or desires. That's the same on the other page. And what are the causes of conflict? There are four main causes of conflict that he gives, and I think these are all good. Um, Before you look at those, what would you tell me are the causes of conflict that you're aware of? Give me, give me a few. What, are, what causes conflict in relationships based on your experience? Lack of communication, Lack of communication okay. Pride. Pride. Different, priorities. Different priorities. Unmet expectations. Unmet expectations. Good. It was so self-focus. Yes, ma'am. Selfishness, self-focus, selfishness. Sarah, stressful situation. Stressful situation. Good. Absolutely. Difference of, Difference of opinion. Yeah, I think we're we're um, we've hit almost all of them. Look at your list here. Number one is misunderstandings from poor communication. Misunderstandings from poor communication. Sometimes conflicts are misunderstandings. Okay, is it possible that you just misheard? Yes. Sometimes that's hard to admit. My wife and I've had conversations before where it's like you said this. I'm like I I and I'll be like I didn't say that. I said this. No, I heard you say this. Well, I heard you say this. No, I didn't say that. I Okay. Have you ever had that conversation? Yeah, right? It's like and you replay when I when I'm replaying what my wife said to me and she's like that's not how I said it. Or worse, she's replaying what I said, and I'm like, I don't remember saying it that way. I remember saying it this way. And always my way is so much more charitable, right? I mean, like, when I replay my words back, I don't know how anybody could disagree with me. I mean, it's always so measured and so wise and so, you know what I'm saying? Tim, did you have a comment? <laughs> Tim says, in case you couldn't hear him, the thing with getting older is you can always say, I don't remember, I don't remember saying, I'm, I'm going to pull one of those uh, people before Congress things. I don't recall. Uh, the answer escapes me at the moment, etc. cetera. Um, the point I'm making is that uh, misunderstandings, actually just straight up misunderstandings, like you weren't actually trying to do anything sinful. The other person wasn't actually trying to do anything sinful. It was like, you just like missed each other, okay? That happens, and you have to allow that to be the case. You cannot read negative and sinful thoughts into your spouse or your partner or whoever, whoever you're talking with here, whoever you're conflict with, all the time, because sometimes misunderstandings happen, and you have to be able to say, wow, I guess we just misunderstood each other. Are you able to do that? To have the humility to say, maybe I overreacted to your statement, maybe I read an offense, I've had people email the church about offenses, or talk to me about offenses they had with this church that were just plain misunderstandings. And I wish I could tell you stories, but I can't because you know it just would be inappropriate. But but they aren't. They're just. I, I hear. I see what happened. I'm like, that's just a misunderstanding. Like I know exactly what happened. You just totally misread the situation. Yeah, Tony. Yeah, so he asks, is that part of hope? Love hopes all things and believes all things and bears all things. Uh, yeah, one of the, one of the uh, descriptions of love is love believes all things, and that has to do with not being cynical. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I gave this example when I talked about 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, forgive me for repeating myself, but I think I love It's that if, if a, um, a husband and wife are talking to each other, and a husband says, hey, honey, have you seen my keys? And the wife says, why do you always blame me for losing your keys? Wait, what? What just happened? He All he said was, have you seen my keys? She hears, where did you put my keys? Right? Now, it's possible that in the past, he did say, why are you always taking my keys and putting them in places I can't find them? That is possible. But if you're going to be If you're going to extend love and generosity and kindness to the other person, you have to be willing to hear what they're saying and not not read into what they're saying. And you're exactly right. You have to love them enough to listen to their words and take them at face value and give them an opportunity to grow. Um, And and then the other side, you, you should not be using your words to cut without, you know, I didn't say that, plausible deniability stuff. Don't do that. Speak truth. Okay. Great, great comment. Yeah, absolutely. Misunderstandings happen. And, and I think that's, we ought to allow that to, to be a case. Uh, second is differences, difference in values, goals, gifts, priorities. He lists about 10 different things. Differences. What matters to you? What, what do you value? And what does your spouse value? What do you, I use spouses here because it's very common conflict often in the home, but it could be anything from work, it could be work what does your boss want? What do you want? What does your uncle want? What do you want? It could be any, it could be any relationship where there's just a difference of, of what is important. Some people want to have, like, like, for example, you're having the family, we're having our family over for Thanksgiving, and we can make a decision, like, we want to, do we want to spend a lot of money on uh? I don't know, an event and go somewhere and do something? Or do we just want to stay home and enjoy each other? Like if we went to, let's just imagine a football, let's say we went to a football game. We go to the football game and it's loud, but we get an exciting, like is that worth all the trouble? And one spouse is like, we need to go to a football game. It would pull us together. The other spouse is like, that sounds like a horrible idea. And you have difference of opinion. Differences in values, differences in goals. One, one of the goals is to have a good time. The other goal is to have those emotional, like, talking sessions with the family. Like, you see what I'm saying? Those differences can cause problems, and you can feel like the other person is not listening to you. They're not, they don't have your best interest in mind, et cetera, et cetera. So difference in values. Um, the third one is competition over limited resources. So competition. Um, what's an example of that? Oh, finances. Yes, a very limited resource, right? Uh, time. Yeah, time. Are we going to spend time doing this? Are we going to spend time doing that? Um, yeah, the kids. If you have kids, like what you do with the kids and, and what they do with their time. Time, money. Space, Space yeah, with the house. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> or, or even let's 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 think about this. Like, like let's say let's say um, man retires from his man has been uh, working for you know fifty forty years and and decides he's going to retire and he wants a man cave and he wants to take the downstairs and turn it into his little place where he goes and watches football and he has the guys over and they play ping pong and then they have a, he has this whole like imagination thing, thing up, and the wife, she's been working for a long time too, and they both retire, and they come home, and she has a sewing room in her mind, right? They only have so many rooms in the house, and you can't have a sewing room that's also a man cave. We all know that. That just doesn't work. (laughs) So competition over limited reach. Space, that's a really good one. Space, money. Wait, I thought we were going to spend money on this. Wait, what are you doing? Why why did you spend so much money on the groceries this week? Why did you spend so much money on this, right? um competition uh husbands and wives are are often very competitive and they see each other and they 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 compete with each other for for these things any other comments on that does that make sense competition with kids. explain um going for the affection of kids ah. or making the kids size. competition over uh over kids or uh, for kids Yeah. Oh, no, no. We can talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, so like competition for the kids, right? You, you want the kids to love you more. So you, you might even pit them against the spouse. I have seen couples do that. I have seen couples say, well, your dad's just a little stickler, and I'll let you have as much Halloween candy as you want, you know, or whatever. You know, they do things like that in order to make the kids like them more. It's Sorry about that. It it, it can be really, really dangerous. Um, Competition for affection, I guess, is the way you could call that. Uh, Or sinful attitudes and habits is is the last. Sinful attitudes and habits. Pride. We mentioned pride. Um, Habits. Uh, Gambling. Drinking. Um... I mean, all kinds of habits can really cause problems. Uh, Sinful habits can cause all kinds of issues in the home. (laughs) Laziness uh, is, is a terrible, terrible thing. And it's a husband problem and it's a wife problem. It can be either side. You know, it doesn't have to just, we tend to harp on men for being lazy, coming home, popping their feet up and watching ESPN, but women can do the same thing, right? It can be either side. Um, and, and i'll stop there cuz i don't want to get in trouble but the idea is that we all can have sinful attitudes and habits you know what i'm saying and that's not my wife wouldn't get me in trouble i'm just saying i'll let her talk to you ladies about all your pres- to share any you need to share. okay thank you honey you you might be the Okay. person you want something done now.: uh huh Right. Done next week. No, I done that. Yeah, just how people work. yeah and fun. these are the, the goals. This is, goes back to that definition of conflict where a difference in opinion or purpose that frustrates another goals or desires. You're like, I really want to do a, a new thing on the back porch. I want to create, a, I want to do a, you know, a patio or whatever. And the other's like, well, you know, we don't need to, need to spend the money on that now. Let's, let's go on vacation instead. Okay, totally different goals, totally different um, ideas of what is worth our time what is worth our our money. So, I want to end on this, and then we will pick up uh, where we we leave off here. We need to see conflict as an opportunity, as we mentioned earlier. It's not an obstacle. It's not a hazard. It's an opportunity. And he says here, the conflict is an opportunity to demonstrate the love and power of God in our lives. Okay, 1 Corinthians 10. Let's go there for a second. We've got to at least open our Bible once in a Bible study, right? 1 Corinthians 10. I have a lot of verses coming up, for how we're going to do this, but 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and this is familiar territory for all of you, for a lot of you, he says this, therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no what? offense. This is talking about conflict. Give no offense either to Jews or to Greeks or to the church of God, just as I also please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many that they may be saved. Imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. We need to see conflict as an opportunity specifically to glorify God to demonstrate the love and power of God in our lives. Whenever you have conflict, you need to see it. Okay, here is a chance for me to show other people how God works in real life. Okay? It is, imagine imagine the, the, the river again and crossing the river. Instead of running away from the river and looking for a bridge, instead of forging ahead through the river and losing all your stuff down the river as you get swept away because of the current, you, you, you look around and you say, we can together build a, uh, put a log down to cross the river. To get, we can work together uh, to, to, do, to accomplish something. We can see this as an opportunity. And you need to see every conflict as an opportunity to demonstrate the love and power of God in your life. And he'll do that in many different ways. And we'll see that as the weeks go on. How do we show God's love and how do we show God's glory? How do we glorify God through conflict is the main question. Um. And uh, let me just, uh, I guess I'll say one more thing, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, to glorify God is important. Let me just define it for you, because I think this is important. He says, we are being, should be glorifying God, and to glorify God is to, this is from verse, I'm sorry, from page 31. He says, to glorify God is to bring Him praise and honor by showing who He is, what He is like, and what He is doing. Who He is what he is like, I like that, and what he is doing. It's like we want to put the focus on God. So it's about, not really even about the problem, it's about using the problem as an opportunity to make much of God, to show how great God is in our life as we solve issues, okay? I hope this gets you kind of uh, the mindset of where we're going with this. I hope you can see it, start to see your problems in your life as an opportunity, and your conflicts as an opportunity. If you'd like to have, I have one more book up here. You can take it. And it's like $4. If you could drop that in the offering plate to help cover the cost, that'd be great. I'll probably get some more at Ollie's this week since they're over there. Um, but uh, these, this is a, a wonderful book, and I hope that you will benefit from it tremendously. And, and I hope that you can commit to being here to go through this and really try to, to learn how to solve problems and conflict, especially coming up on the holiday season. Undoubtedly, we'll all have an opportunity to, to help with this. Okay, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. I pray that we would glorify you and give you praise and, and, and show who you are and what you do and what you're like through the times you have the opportunity to 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 um to, to solve conflict i pray we would not run away from conflict not run and, and break conflict but that we would uh, we would try to solve it and make peace um, because uh, that shows how great you are and how you have control in our lives how we can trust you through.